Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Hey, Jake. Yes, sir. Did you know it is our anniversary month? How long have we been married? (laughs) No, the show. Oh. Yes. Yeah, I did know The that, show's actually. anniversary. We are turning six years old, and to celebrate that- We're going to first grade. We're <laughs> close. We're giving a discount on our Patreon. If you join the year-long subscription to the Patreon, you can get 15% off during the month of May. You can find out everything about our Patreon at patreon.com slash thecritshow, but all tiers for the month of May are 15% off when you sign up for the annual membership. Is that as exciting as first grade? You know, now that I'm kind of remembering back to first grade, that's far better than first grade. The Crit Show contains elements of horror, fantasy violence, and adult language. Content warnings can be found in the episode description. place you all have sourced a part of a costume i thought that question was going to go in a different direction yeah of course you did this was a costume for a show not a cosplay yeah but i did have to go to like seven different shoe stores and we actually had to go out of state for them to find women's heels that would fit me properly nice Mm -hmm. so we had to go all the way to louisville kentucky to find women's heels that would fit me for a show that i did once and it was, that was just time consuming. Yeah. I mean, that, that's a lot of effort to put in. I've been thinking about this. I feel like mine is my fridge because one time for Mystery Detectives, I put a bunch of Pepsi cans in my hair. Ah. <laughs> it's called fashion. Look it up. <laughs> I mean, you know the answer to mine because that's what this question is about. Uh-oh. Yeah. Yeah, Jake. What, what's your answer? Yesterday, your answer? <laughs> yesterday, I bought pirate boots at a Brazilian steakhouse. <laughs> <laughs> And time to let the recap. And I I didn't know this is where we were going. (laughs) (laughs) What? Okay, so are we all familiar with the concept of a Brazilian steakhouse? Where like you pay and they just like keep bringing you meat. Like they got meat on skewers. They just keep coming by your table as long as your little thing is green. You flip it over when it's red. You don't want food anymore. Okay. Yeah, I am now. Okay. So they're all, they've got a uniform though. They're gauchos. So they're all wearing like. uh, Wait, did you buy this guy's boots off of him? Wait. Slow down. Okay. They wear like gaucho pants and like a little a little belt, but they all wear riding boots. They all wear like leather riding boots. And I was I was looking at one of the guys, like I mean I was looking at all their boots, every gaucho that was walking by, but yeah. I was like, man, those would be pretty good pirate boots. And so I stopped one of them who had been like f- otherwise friendly and was like, Hey, I've got a weird question. Where like where do you get the boots? Like I assume you get them when you're hired, but do you know like where the restaurant gets them and he just kind of like standing there leans down like rolls down his boots so he can look at the tag and he shows me the tag he's like this is all i know like you know we we get them when you get hired but here's the brand and then jake was like so when i how hard is it to get hired and how long (laughs) how long does it take to get the boots yeah he was like you get them immediately um 
And like I was Googling that brand and I couldn't find anything about that brand online. So at some point, one, you know, all the managers are kind of like floating from table to table. Like, how is everything? Blah, blah, blah. And so one of them stopped by. How How is your meal? I was like, great. I have a question. Are you a manager? <laughs> and they're like, yeah. I was like, do you know about like the boot purchasing process for your employees? <laughs> and she looked at me like I had two heads. And I can't imagine why, yeah. but go on. <laughs> and like, I was, I was like, I just. Uh, you know, can you tell me like where, what brand, they, like where you get them, or what they cost, or like what they're made of? And she's like, uh, I, I mean, I know that like in a month we're actually changing to a different uniform, so we're not going to be using those boots anymore. Do you want a pair? Because I can see if we've got some in the back, we're not going to be giving them to new employees anymore. And I was like, sure. And she's like, okay, why do you want them? <laughs> yeah, she goes, she goes. Why do you want them? Can I ask that? Yeah. Oh my gosh, it was so hard to not give a joke answer. <laughs> I, I, it was so hard to behave yeah. myself. <laughs> it's like I was like I, I cosplay. Like I want to do a pirate costume. I need new boots. I just go okay. So she like goes to the back, and after a while, the dude I had asked come just walks out with a pair of boots, and like presents <laughs> them to me, and the other employees all look confused and then just like one by one they Boy, start that steak is well done they start approaching the table and they're like what the f- what the fuck are you doing like why do you one why are of you bringing us of yeah. one of us one of the guys is immediately like oh these boots are not comfortable you don't want these one of them's like do you want the pants and a skewer and you can start handing out meat too like they all just start like <laughs> shipping in with what and i'm fucking taking off my shoes and trying on boots in the middle of a fancy restaurant oh, yeah because they're like they're like, try them on. And I'm like, do you want me to follow you somewhere else so I'm not doing this at my table? And they're like, Where no. Food is being served. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're like, no, this is exactly what we want, you fucking imbecile. Do this in front of everybody. And then like the lady comes out and is like, yeah, so they're $60. Like, you know, if if a employee needed to buy a new pair, it'd be $60. So we can sell them to you for $60. I was like, can you? can you take my card? Like, can you run my card for <laughs> boots at a restaurant? And she's like, well, we've got like a uniform purchase in our POS. So yes, I can, as if you were an employee. And I was like, all right. So I hand her my card. Well, we've been through a lot already. So I <laughs> yeah. guess I'm buying these. I take, I take my boots. She comes back with the receipt. And I looked at Megan. And I was like, I don't tip on boots, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> but I uh, got, got me a new fancy pair of Brazilian black leather riding boots. That are going to work good for a lot of costumes, I think. I'm pretty pleased. Nice. And then we were leaving. (laughs) And there's a revolving door. (laughs) (laughs) And Jake and I had different ideas on how many people should fit into one of these sections. Generally, I'd say, you know, one person per segment of a revolving door. Uh And I thought, too. Also, I didn't. I wanted somebody else to push it for me. Yeah. Also, she <laughs> wordlessly brought up the rear and you didn't express this idea to me. And I got 100% slammed oh, <laughs> in between one of the, one of the, I don't know how, I don't know. Door. <laughs> yeah, the doors. One of the door of the, the doors. partitions. Yeah. And the, and the frame. And I just went, oh, Jake. <laughs> a loud, just pushed through. <laughs> a loud clang from her water bottle as it hit, like sounding an alarm. There are three hosts yeah. at the host stand right there. And I was like, I can't believe, like those people, they're going to go home and they're going to be like, how was work today, honey? Oh, it was great. Some guy came in, bought our waiter's boots, and then smashed his girlfriend with a door and then left. And it ruined her shoes, and then she had to buy boots. 
Oh, uh, I'd say Goodwill. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do want to take a second to give out a congratulations. Um, if you've listened to our Patreon or if you have been on our Twitch channel, you have probably heard uh, one of our longtime supporters, J Game Z, uh, longtime buddy of ours, big supporter of the podcast. He has been on a like six or seven year long health journey and. This weekend, he did his first triathlon. <gasps> Whoa! Yeah, I just want to wish him, uh, wish him. I just want to say congratulations. Wish him a congrats. Wish him a congrats. Very cool. He he biked. He ran. He swam. Damn, Joe, good job. That's like three different things. I know. I can do maybe one of those, let alone all three of them in a row. Let alone all three of them simultaneously. Oh, in a row. I ro- don't yeah. know how triathlons work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, once again, I have left the patron list at home, so I'm going to throw it to Future Rev to read those patron names. Thank you. Patty Ivers, Carson Potter, Gray Angel, Sydney, Hamilton Otto, Nicole Caruso, Orlando Floyd, Roll Fizzlebeef, Count Bino, Deep Diverd, Ryan Wittenberg, and Colton Flick. Great job, Future Rev. Good yeah. job. I'm with that. It's time to let the recap roll. Maybe we don't have to, you know, sail into the, the cave or, or, or walk in or whatever. I can swim in through the water. All right. Let's go with sending one person in. Even if it does start to go sideways, that's at least an opportunity for us to figure out what type of vampire she is before the fight starts. A little form swims in front of your face. It's a little seahorse. Can I help you? It gives you a little nod. What do you need help with? It's little fins. Like, it turns to the side. And it, like, gestures in a follow-me fashion. Yeah, I'm going to follow. Does it have fangs? Little tiny tiny vampire fangs. Uh, You follow it through this little tunnel, and it kind of opens up to where there is more open air here, too, in this little side tunnel. And it actually gets to where it is shallow enough that you can't swim anymore. You know, it's maybe knee-deep. So the, the seahorse is fine, but it's still gesturing for you to follow. Yeah, I'll stand up when I get up out of the water. Okay. It turns around to face you, and you see a little glow in the water around it. And suddenly it shifts and grows. And standing in front of you, aside from the iridescent scales, is the picture image of Kim. Oh! <gasps> Megan, standing before you is what could be a twin to Kim with the iridescent scales of the seaborn and silver white hair cascading down her back. Kim? Kima. 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 You're Kima. Yes, and you are some sort of merperson? Sometimes. I, I didn't know you were alive. I did not know that you knew me. I know of you. Oh, well, is this good news? Yeah, yeah, it's great. Uh, what what are you doing in here? I'm trapped here. I am trying to save those that are captured. What do you mean you're trapped? It is a long story, but you do not look like those night creatures with the teeth. Uh, no, no, I, I'm, I'm not. I'm with a, a group of people who have come here to help. I had hoped this. There are half a dozen or so. They are in cages. They do not have much time. If we hurry, you may be able to get them out. Do I have time to get my friends? I truly do not know. It is about this time that a shipment will come in and then they are switched out. Can I use my fox-eyed oddity to see if, like, 
this is actually Kima and if, you know, to make sure she's not being manipulated if it is. Yes, absolutely. So spend your luck, I say questioningly. Yes. (laughs) Okay. So what you're seeing here from her is that she is on the level. She is worried as you're kind of seeing the secret thoughts and feelings. She is like near panic all the time. There's this urgency to what she's doing right now because it seems like it is the only thing she can do. There's this uh, feeling of entrapment, this feeling of she knows she's stuck here and so she's trying her best to do what she can with, let's say, fewer tools than she would usually be able to use. Okay, can you go to the mouth of the cave? Yes, I can approach it. Boy, if I don't know if you can't actually get out. I don't know if you'll be able to talk to them. I think I have to go back to at least let them know I'll be right back. But if I go in here and something happens to me, they will have no idea what's going on. I see. Make haste. If the next sheep arrives, the beast at the heart of this place will be fed. I'll be back in a flash. I just jump into the water and I'm swimming right towards the mouth of the cave. Uh, and she follows you as far as she can, um, transforming back down into the little seahorse form. I just scoop her up in one of my hands and swim so she doesn't have to like try and keep up with me. I just bring her with. Okay. And uh, there's a point where like she just slips out of your hand. There's this sort of unseen barrier that you hit near the mouth of the cave and uh, she just kind of floats there waiting. Hey, guys. What? Are you okay? Yeah, we got to go. We got to get in there. I didn't see anything yet, but I'm, I'm at you. I'm at Kima. She's alive? She's alive. She's in here. Uh, And she said there's people being held in cages. Did you see any other way in than the water? Did you see any moonlight coming in through the ceiling or anything? No, I don't think there are any other entrances, at least not from above. Oh, man. All right. I jump in the water. I do the same. As you all approach, this little seahorse looks very confused and surprised as Kim swims up. And you all watch her shimmer and grow into this seaborn. You are her. You are what I felt. Yeah, I'm glad you're okay. I I had a vision of you almost dying. What happened? I was dying. The moon child. uh, Do you know this creature? Yeah. You are here for her, to kill her. Well, at least to stop her from killing everybody else. She nods. She was tearing through my troops. She got to me. She began to drink my blood. She siphoned my strength, my sorcery. I could feel my spells the magic fading from me, and so with the little strength that I had, I used the only spell left to me, which was to transform into a creature of the sea. I still do not know why I cannot leave these caves. There is some force that is keeping me here. I think the beast cannot leave the caves, and since she has siphoned some of my essence, I cannot leave either. So the people in cages, did they just come in yesterday? Yes. All right, so the Shrouded One is waiting on the back half of a shipment. That's what we were supposed to be. Oh, the shipment is not coming? No. Well, this is either very good or very bad. Well, we knew she was going to be expecting something, so it feels like that clock is definitely ticking now. Yes, Pepper. She hunts me. I was able to free several prisoners over the last few weeks, but I think she has discovered at least part of what was happening and the protections there are stronger and I cannot get anyone out anymore on my own. But she hunts. She rarely leaves the caves. She's here? Somewhere. Yes. The caves are vast and it is a labyrinth. Uh, I want to dig in my bag and pull out a 
piece of parchment. Kima, have you seen anything that looks kind of like this? And I want to show her like an example of the circles, the spell circles, to see if there are any like runes or anything that she might have spotted in these caves. She nods immediately. Yes, there is a pattern much like this in the room where my people were killed. The room is bioluminescent, algae covering everything, but the etchings are underneath it on the ceiling. Do we want to try to present the ship coming in, or do we just want to walk in there in the water and try to hunt this hunter? Well, we got to get these people out first. I mean, if she's distracted with the ship. Yeah, I wonder if the ship is a good distraction, or if we need it to load those folks on and get them out of here. We don't know if we can turn it around once it's in here. Reach in my pocket and pull out the keys. It has been over two weeks. We could beep beep. What is beep beep? (laughs) You'll you'll find out. The rarest magic. Oh. Okay. So we send one ship in as a distraction. We try and get these people out, get them on our ship, and then come back in and try to deal with Pepper Anson. Yeah, it feels like if we're trying to take care of her and get these people out at the same time, they've almost got to be at the same time. Like one group's got to be a distraction dealing with her while another group is trying to get these people out of the cave. What about the Moonchild? What are we going to do when we come face to face with Malia? You will not have to worry about the Moonchild unless you go into her lair. It is a very specific and closed-off section of the caves. It is only opened by Pepper. It is only opened by her, or it can only be opened by her? It can be opened by force, but she has some magic that can manipulate the rock easily, swiftly. Okay, good. Then we don't have to worry about her ambushing us, and we don't necessarily have to worry about keeping Pepper alive. I can swim in farther and kind of keep with the original plan, see if I can see these cages, and if there's nobody in the room, I can start busting them open so we can get people out quickly, and then you guys come in with the other ship? I mean, it might be best just to have one person run the ship in and everybody else on the exit crew. I could do that. I'm not the strongest in the water. I certainly can't carry a human person out of here, so I can just run the ship aground in here while you are all breaching and taking people. You shouldn't be by yourself when you do that, though, because you're going to draw the attention of Pepper Anson. What do you recommend? I am not equipped to do anything but kill. So rescuing people, especially when you're defenseless, seems like a horrible use of my abilities. Okay, so me and you on the boat? Yeah, let's do two and two. There is a bit of swimming to get to where the cages are, but it is in a room. It was clearly made so that I could not swim in undetected and mess with the locks. Do you mean like protected it against your magic? No, I have no more magic but this transformation. I was literally swimming in. They were half-submerged cages. Once she figured out I think what was happening, she moved them. Somewheres that I cannot as easily sneak into. But if she is distracted by this other ship, this is a good plan to get to those people. Uh, What's difficult about it? Will we be able to get through? Yes, it is a room built into the cavern with a door. It is a locked door, so that has stopped me, of course. By the time I tried to fiddle with anything, I can hear her coming, and I had to flee. We'll swim ahead and get in position and meet up with you guys when we can. Okay. Landara, let's head back. Yeah. I will lead the way. And she moves further down the hall until it gets deep enough again to transform down into the seahorse and leads you underwater through these tunnels. After a short little swim, you come up into uh, another long hall that splits off in a few directions, and she indicates straight ahead. It is down this direction. It takes a few turns, but there are no other ways to go. The door is at the end. Are we in a place that we'll be able to hear the ship from here? If they are loud enough, yes. It does echo through here. You can sometimes hear the people crying for help echoing through 
all parts of the cave. All right, then I say we wait here in case she does come this direction. We're not literally backed into a corner. All right, those of you going to get the ship, your crew is certainly ready to help out here. The shoremen are like letting you take the ship and are going to step away, stay on yours, keep Casal safe. They still don't seem happy about it, but they have stayed true to their word so far. Fair. All right, let's get this thing mobile enough that two of us can crew it into the tunnel and then just beeline it in, I suppose. Yeah. Do we want to, you know, fire the cannons or anything just for dramatic effect, get more attention, or do we... I guess let's wait until maybe she gets eyes on us or the reverse. Oh, sure. And then we can just fire the cannon at her. Yeah. Like if we have to fire the cannon, it might as well be doing some real good. Yeah. Okay. That and we don't know where the prisoners are. Let's not fire That's cannons willy nilly okay. into yeah, the let's, cave. Let's keep this low key for now. Okay. So I, you know, your, your crew is ready to at least help you get everything set and ready so that you have as little to do as possible. I think what this is going to have to look like for only two of you is more or less they're helping you get this ship aimed so that it just goes straight in, right? And so that it's very minimal, any of the little kind of winding turns you might have to take inside. So I think this is going to be an outmaneuver here to like put your opponent in a bad position. So who is uh, heading that up? I had such a good outmaneuver before, I think. <laughs> it's time for a comeback. I think I've got this. You got to redeem yourself. Yeah. Excellent. Like, I know what I did wrong last time. I'll just yeah. not do that. What are this ship's stats? Uh, this ship has a plus one speed. This is, uh, you know, a smaller, lither um, shoreman ship. So they're built for speed. Nice. Eight. Okay. So you get into the tunnels. You're making your way in. And you're able to take a few of these shallow turns, getting deeper and deeper into these caves. Landara, you start to notice hanging from the ceiling of these caves are what at first you might think are like some sort of seaweed or something, but with a little bit of light shed, you realize that it is some sort of cloth, this long, like black cloth, just dozens and then hundreds of them just swaying in the light breeze washing through this cave. And you get the sense that, you know, about halfway in, about halfway to your goal here, this is her hunting ground. She has these set up. We're not exactly sure how it works necessarily, but that is her calling card. That was what was described as what she was hunting or using to hunt in the city. So it occurs to you, if you want to really seize this opportunity, you're going to have to start making noise now on your way into your goal, as opposed to waiting till you get into that open cavern um, to try to draw the attention there. Because if you don't, she's just going to spring on you before you get there and uh, your friends may not hear it. I will indicate them to Jake, kind of glance up at them and draw my gun. We got to make some noise. Still not cannon noise though, right? That's I'm like holding, I've like lit a match and I'm like holding it over a cannon, but I'm like, no, like shaking my head. No, this is bad. This is bad. I, I, I shake the match out. You'll know when it's time. You just got to <laughs> look deep inside. I, I had a dream about this. <laughs> She's like, you'll know when it's time. And he's like, yeah, it's time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I'm going to fire my gun at some of those hanging cloths. Absolutely. And when you do, you notice them recoil. Like there's a, a shift in them as like your bullets hit, they like retract from the area of impact and like the rest of them are trying to avoid getting hit. And you watch that domino effect 
as the rest of them in your small field of view with the ship's lanterns have this ripple effect that goes down the cave and out of sight. Uh, pretty obvious that it's some sort of warning system. It's like a spider web. That's cool. Kim and Megan, as you're sitting there with Kima, it's distant, but you do hear a couple of gunshots. Nothing as loud as, as a cannon, certainly, but just a couple of quick gunshots, and then it's quiet again. That'd be Landara. Yep. Okay, let's go. And we're heading towards the door. All right. Yep, you have that little jaunt of a swim and then pop up into that hallway. And Kima comes with you and uh, you're able to make your way around a couple of turns. There are lanterns and stuff set up through here. And eventually you get to a wooden door just set in the middle of the tunnel Um, It just looks like somebody had built up some walls set in this door and has a big padlock coming through the handle. There are also little bars that you can see in. Uh, I'll whip out the thieves tools that I got from Landara and try to open the door. All right, let's see a break in. I don't suppose using these tools gives me a bonus on this roll or anything. Yeah, I would call that a plus one. Yeah. Nine. Can I help out with that? Uh, Yeah, what are you doing? Uh, I think I'm, I'm just holding the lock and like stabilizing things for Kim so that she can focus on like listening for the clicks and like feeling for when the locks pop exactly how they need to. Nice. Okay. Spin that bond and that bumps you to a 10. So you just have to choose one from the list. I suffer harm or market trouble. I think this is going to be harm. As you work on this lock, you finally feel it give and the padlock clicks and there's a small explosion and all three of you go tumbling down the hall. Kim, you take one point of harm as this shrapnel from the lock that has exploded uh, has dug into your hands and forearms. Kima quickly gets to her feet. I am so sorry. It's okay. Are you all all right? Yes. I wish I had had my magic. I could have gotten through a simple door. And she's just clearly very, very frustrated by the lack of what she could usually do here. It's okay. It doesn't matter. It's open. Let's go. And I'm pushing forward towards the door that's open now. Yeah, it's almost blown off of the hinge. Um, So you're able to push that open and get into this room that is literally absolutely nothing in the room except for the back half of it is a cage. And there are half a dozen people now on their feet, holding onto the bars, looking out in confusion and worry. Uh, one or two of them are actually like sitting at the back, cowering in fear. We're good. We're friends. We're here to get you out of here. Uh, they all look like shoremen. Only one of them seems to comprehend the language and nods. Please help. Get this out. Get this out. Uh, I'm looking around. Are there keys anywhere in this room? There are not. Thieves tools to the rescue. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Give me... Just a straight vinegar roll here no. to, to figure out this lock. But you have thieves' tools. You get a plus one. Uh, I'll spend a point of luck. Okay. Eleven. Hell yeah. You're able to get this open fast. Uh, this <laughs> one is nothing compared to that trick lock, and you're able to bust it open. And Kima's grinning at you, too. That is faster than if I would have had my magic. I expected, if you had heard my thoughts, that you would also be a sorceress. But you have many other skills. I do. I do have magic. Not so much in this world, but in the world that I came from. Can you see the future, too? We'll talk about this later. Yes, we must go. Back on the ship. Ahead, you see that it gets very dark 
further past these drooping cloths from the ceiling. Uh, it looks like this is going to open up into this bigger cavern. And what you're seeing ahead are all of these cloths dangling down. They're all just swaying, twitching. Not like with the wind like they had been. They seem to be moving on their own. And some of them are getting lower. Is this like a cloth equivalent of a bat swarm? Is she going to coalesce out of all these little bits of cloth and jump us? No, I feel like the way they described it was like tentacles. Like just her feelers out everywhere. Ah. And I want to just sit for a second in silence and see if I can hear, sense her around somewhere. Like an actual person moving in all of this stillness and these creepy hanging cloths. Absolutely. Let's see a size up. I want to spend one of my points of luck. Okay. Eight. All right, you get a hold one, or you can stick your nose somewhere you shouldn't for an extra. Where's the true danger lurking? You're on to her pretty quickly as you're like closing your eyes and listening and taking in this cavern. You're starting to hear those cloths like rustling. It almost seems like they're moving on a path, right? But you instantly get that feeling of like, that's where she wants you to look. She's making these move in different patterns on different sides to make people go, what's up there? What's up there? It's the spot that isn't making noise that you realize you should be paying attention to. I'm going to lean on Jake's cannon and tilt it in that area and give him a nod. I nod. <laughs> and I strike a match. I'm like hiding it from that direction behind my hand, <laughs> leaning very casually over the cannon, touching the match to the wick, trying to make enough noise to cover the <laughs> sound of a wick burning. <laughs> 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 great, lot, great cargo we got on this one. Just start howling. Uh, I won't make you roll a hoodwink to uh, uh, muffle this noise, but you are going to need to roll get into a scrap. Okay. That's a 10. Nice. Would you like to avoid harm or take the ante? I will take the ante. You fire this cannon and you hear a horrific shriek of pain. And of course, an impact and stone shattering. An instant after that, these clothy vines spread down from the ceiling, grabbing onto the side of the ship and just pull up on just that one side and the whole ship tips over and you both go careening into the water in the cave. There's only one lantern left that's sticking up out of the water with dim light in this very large area. I would like to spend a black mark. Okay. I want to uh, use Jumpin' Jack Flash, take a black mark to escape a currently perilous situation, even if it seems impossible. I would like to not go into the water. I'd like to go in her direction. Oh, okay. Uh, but I do have to roll this, because on a mixed success, I become bloodthirsty. Ooh, okay. 11. Hell yeah. And that fills my black mark tracker. <gasps> oh! No! Oh, boy. So tell us what happens. When you fill the tally up, choose an enemy that you've made, they show up right here, right now, and then I reset my count. I think it's got to be the folks from the Red Herring. They noticed our ship is gone. I've interacted with them a bunch. I've been asking questions. They might have had time to, like, send word to Dorva saying, hey, that was a clever idea, and Dorva went, what are you talking about? Oh, I like that. So the ship is tipping over. Jake goes careening into the water, but you're able to run off towards her and jump and land on a little ledge of rock. And you realize that there are like pathways uh, all along the outer edge 
of this cavern and the shriek and the impact that you had heard were not far up, just right above where you're standing. You also see another lantern light illuminating the entrance as a rowboat swiftly pulls in with three figures and you notice the person you had talked to aboard the Red Herring holding a lantern and a rifle at the front. In the hallways, you have gotten all of these shoremen out of the cage and they're following you down the tunnels and Kima's looking back. We are trying to take them to the cavern? Yeah, uh, we're going to have a ship ready to go and we'll get everyone on there. All right, this way. And at one of the crossroads before the little watery area where she had brought you in originally, she turns and she starts running, taking a a few turns seemingly at random, but with confidence. I know these tunnels well. I have not gone this way much because the largest cavern is where Peppa seems to spend most of her time. I do not want to get caught there. But if that is where your friends will be waiting, this is the way following her. And as you're running, you hear a cannon shot pretty fucking close and some rock tumbling and some splashing. Everybody keep your head down. Be careful. They slow as you make your way in and this gets down into the water. You're about chest deep uh, for the last little stretch and it opens up into this big cavern and you see a rowboat pulling in with three seaborn and one of them is looking around. He doesn't quite spot you just where you're at at the edge of the cavern here. Um, But one of them very clearly has fangs as he's like looking around with a grimace. The other two seem normal. Was this part of your crew? Nope, sure isn't. Jake, in the water, I I think you're able to clearly see this rowboat pulling up as well. Keys, keys. I throw them back over my shoulder. Okay. I'm going to catch them and I'm going to swim toward that rowboat. Okay. I think they can see you in the water, a monkey swimming <laughs> straight at them at high speed. <laughs> Terrifying. High speed. I go, I, I swim up, like, wait until they can see me, and I kind of look at them for a second, and then I just fucking scream as loud as I can <laughs> to try and discombobulate them before I dive down and try and swim under the rowboat. Awesome. Um, Give me a dirty trick here. I think this will be <laughs> looped into you if you're going to use the clicker now, or are you holding off on that? I will use the clicker once I'm underneath them. All right, let's see what this dirty <laughs> trick gets you. We love dropping this ship on people. <laughs> it's a good trick, and I don't think this will destroy it. Yeah. Uh, I will spend a luck. I swear to God, if this thing is still on fire. <laughs> uh, That's a 12. Do you want to do this with no catch or take the ante with them? Uh, I will do no catch. All right, get underwater. They're very confused. The guy at the front was leveling his rifle down at you, not sure what to do about a swimming angry monkey. You shriek, he takes a step back, you get underwater, and you press the button, and then you can feel the pressure change as this ship appears. And then underwater, I think you can hear the crunching and screaming of pain as this ship crushes this dinghy. I point at the ship that just appeared and turned to Kima. That's our ship. You truly are a sorceress. All right, everybody on. And uh, yeah, they start rushing for the ship. Landara, you are hearing that shift again of the cloth above you, but intermittently you hear this like a wheeze of pain as well echoing around the cave. Yeah, I want to stow my gun and reach into my bag and pull something out, and I'm going to yell over my shoulder, keep her distracted. I got to get this to the middle. Make sure she doesn't get hands on it. And I'm going to start running 
not at her, but like past her as if I didn't know she was there. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to bait her into thinking what I have she wants. Okay. I think this one's a hoodwink. Yeah. Okay. I don't know that we've read this one yet, so I'm going to just in case. So hoodwink, uh, when you hoodwink someone with a clever lie or disguise, roll plus polish. On a hit, they've bought your story for now. On a seven to nine, the deception is more fleeting than you'd like, or it works far too well, and that is my choice. So let's see a hoodwink. Um, Do you think that my information from size up still adds up here? Yes, for sure. I'm going to spend one more point of luck. Okay. Eleven. Hell yeah. You get ahead of her where you're certain she is, and- You know that she's fallen for it because you're hearing that telltale shifting of the cloth above you, uh, making it seem like, you know, where you're following is, you know, she assumes you're following where she thinks you think she is. Yeah. Did I say that right? I don't know. I'm lost as hell. (laughs) Cool. Um, But you've got her location pinpointed for certain. And are the the tentacles? What are they doing? Are they just kind of sensing? Are they are they reaching? Are they what's their deal? At the moment, it just seems like they're making that shifting noise, like she is utilizing them to draw attention herself. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna start leaving openings for them to grab it from me. Like I'm gonna start carrying it not quite as closely. Like I'm I'm fumbling. I'm trying to sidestep stuff to give her the the window to grab it. Um. Yeah, I mean, she's falling for this ruse. So as you're as you're making your way, I think, you know, you have to dodge a couple that you know are lashing at you to try to hurt you. Um, but even that seems like a feint so that as you dodge one way, more are waiting and one grabs this bundle in your hand. Yeah, I let go of it after a, a brief moment of struggle and jump to the side. Um, and it is my explosive that I will now mark off of my... <laughs> equipment list (laughs) there's like a three second pause as more of these things are lashing at you as you dodge to the side and then there's an explosion and another shriek of pain and behind you she falls to the cavern floor you can see her there smoking covered in char this smallish athletic form that had been wrapped in all of these rags and wrappings. They're just falling off of her, some of them singed and burning. The cowl that had clearly been around her face is drooped, and half of her jaw is missing. One of her arms is gone entirely. Oh. And that looks like that was probably the cannon that had done that. And this explosion had charred her other side, and she's looking around into the darkness, eyes angry. Kim and Megan, as you're ushering the shoreman into the water to get up to the IPT crews, you're seeing Jake in the water swimming towards you and three bodies floating of Seaborn. But one of the bodies, as you're halfway across, starts to shift and twitch, its broken body seeming to mend itself, the snapped bones shifting back into place. I would love to use my superstition book. Ah, yes. Uh, What knowledge about this general situation are you uh, invoking here? The condition for this book is that I must invoke knowledge about the target, and the more intimate the knowledge, the more devastating the mishap, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So I know, I have learned, that the only way to kill these vampires is to behead them. Mm -hmm. I'd say that's pretty intimate. Yeah, uh, Yeah, that's pretty good. Cool. So 
using that, invoking that knowledge, I would like to cause a mishap here. There's been a lot of a lot of cannon fire, a lot of a lot of stuff going on in this cave. I think some stalactites get dislodged and drop right in this guy's neck. So we need to roll a mysterious power here. Uh, actually, I'm going to use my new move that I took, uh, Zainsukt, which lets me spend a bond with a crewmate who's currently aiding me to use a book's power as if I had rolled a 10 plus. So I will go ahead and spend my last bond with Kim and do a 10 plus on that. That's awesome. Do you want this to exact a personal cost or surge out of control? I think surge out of control. I think it's going to be really difficult to pinpoint just one stalactite to fall. No problem then. You all watch as these stalactites start to fall down, splashing into the water. Um, any of you deep enough, watch one hit that vampire at the base of the neck. And I mean, I think it technically counts as decapitation if like mid-shoulder up is just gone, you know? <laughs> he's he's like, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, you missed. Just <laughs> bobbing about in the water. Uh, but one of them also crashes into the IPT cruise. Oops, <laughs> not again. <So laughs> we just ship, fixed it. Your nice, shiny, beautiful new ship uh, takes one wreck. The, the goose gets decapitated. Oh, no. <laughs> Don't do that to the goose, not the goose. No, that goose, nothing will happen. It doesn't matter what happens to this ship, that goose is going to make it. That, that goose is going to stay dilapidated. Yeah. We're going to float atop that goose through the portal. <laughs> yeah, so it, it crashes down, skids along the side, um, causing some, some damage that you're going to have to deal with, but it is certainly still seaworthy as uh, these... Prisoners that you're helping are able to scramble up the side and get on deck. Uh, nice. Uh, where's Pepper Anson right now? Now I think you can all see her on the far side of this cavern where the water has gotten shallower and become this walkway along the edges. Uh, you can see Landara tucked off to the side and just slightly around the corner from her is Pepper Anson looking in rough shape, but scanning both the water and the edges of the cave. Can I shoot a cannon at her? Uh, yeah. Roll. Get into a scrap. Eight. So you take this shot and hit her, like, on the right side of her hip with this cannonball, and one of her legs goes flying off. She twists around and hits the wall, sliding Ooh. down. And even from this distance in the dark, you can see the glint of her eyes connect with yours. And there's this odd distortion, this odd twisting of space. Your ears pop, and then you're looking at the ship from the side where she had been sitting. And you see her on deck twisting like this broken... Horrific crab, one arm left, one leg left, and she turns and starts skittering towards one of the escaped prisoners. Damn it! I start swimming back towards the ship. Jake and Megan, you're seeing Pepper Anson, twisted, broken, literally charred, but just roaring in frustration, skittering across the deck towards one of the closest of these shoreman survivors and about to leap onto them. Would this count as a new land creature or phenomenon? Like, I know that I've I've looked over the vampire that we questioned earlier, but she seems to have a much different power set. Yeah. Could I roll my lorekeeper move for this? Yeah, definitely. Seven. So you know stories clearly about vampires, but also just 
immortal beings that have popped up in many different cultures, folklores, and so on. One that occurs to you in this moment, seeing how agile and ferocious she still is, even though she looks like she should be unable to move. I mean, even vampires, having been messed up this bad, should not be able to do this, right? So, like, stories are occurring to you of this person that had been beheaded and a few years later showed up again. And then he'd been impaled and showed up a few years later. And over and over again, all of these different deaths had befallen him, and yet still he seems to remain. And just seeing her like this, there's just that vibe of, this is an old vampire. This is a, a very strong being. Like you said, it's not like these other little guys that you've been seeing around. Um, there's just something more to her. Just that vibe of doing a thing to kill her. Well, what is that thing? So many others are immortal, are old, have endured so much and kept coming back. Those types of stories are what are just right there at the front of your mind. Okay, uh, I I will take book fever to, to know what the grain of truth in that story is. Okay, yeah, mark your book fever. So what occurs to you instantly, a being like this, doing a thing to kill her isn't going to work, more or less in unison, you have to do all of the things to kill her. So for a vampire in particular, someone this old, this strong, you think it might do it if you go with the old tried and true, stake her in the heart with a wooden stake, behead her, and rip out her vampire fangs at the same time. Oh my gosh. You know you have to do this because of how strong she is, how fast she regenerates. That Given enough time, if you don't do all three at once, she will regenerate. But if she's able to feed, she will regenerate much, much faster. That thought occurs to you as she grabs onto one of the survivors and digs her fangs into their neck. The Crit Show is a Crit Show Studios production, edited and produced by Brandon Wentz with music by Jake Purley. You can find more information about us at thecritshowpodcast.com. To keep up to date with upcoming live shows, contests, and other special events, follow us at The Crit Show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For even more weekly content, join us at patreon.com slash thecritshow. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Friends, half-orcs, countrymen, lend me your pointy ears. Of Mice and Men and Monsters is a podcast which combines the art and beauty of classic literature with the fun of Dungeons and Dragons roleplay. These episodes are led by me, Kate, your master teacher, which is dungeon master meets high school English teacher. We take on quests in these fascinating worlds, meeting and adventuring with the greatest literary characters of all time, solving puzzles set up by the dubious Dr. Frankenstein. One eye Put is over there, head. and the other eye is rolled over exactly there. Exactly right. Hunting Moby Dick alongside Captain Ahab. <laughs> I've rolled a one. Oh, you so, rolled a so. one! Of Mice and Men and Monsters is a faithful yet irreverent way to interact 
packed with the stories which have influenced us for centuries. Plus, it's a much more exciting way to experience literature than writing an essay. Essays don't have swords which burst into flame, or poop monsters hiding in toilets. Anybody got some poop for me? A new episode of Of Mice and Men and Monsters is released every other Wednesday, wherever you listen to podcasts.